salutations to all you folks out there. This is the Real Person, Real Needs podcast. My name is Jeff Desiato, and we are off and running, episode four. I'm so glad for any of you that have been tuning in up to this point. I'm so uh, excited that we are in this journey together. Uh, Last couple times we've met, we've talked about fear, fear of failure, fear of man, um, fear of other people's opinions, and... uh, you know what I want to talk about today is is based on a blog that that I had written uh, shortly after coming to this realization uh, of how important it is just to be completely transparent and open and honest with people, and and uh, wearing our hearts on our sleeves is really what makes us. <laughs> it's what comforts us and clothes us. Essentially, if we wear our heart on our sleeve and we're ever in need, uh, that's when people are going to give us the shirt off their back. Uh, is is when they feel like they can trust you and they feel like you you are someone who will do the same for them if they're ever in need. And that's really what this whole podcast is about is about being a real person and when a real need arises, being being true to yourself, being authentic enough to be able to recognize that, see through your own uh you know, your own pursuits and put those to the side in order to meet somebody else's need. Um, so what I wanted to talk about today, uh, it has to do with just, again, my own life and, and things that I've experienced recently. You know, since we've last met, had another uh, another interesting situation where our car broke down and, uh, you know, hoping, hoping, as we all do, that uh, the report won't be grave. <laughs> but unfortunately, it was uh, the car bit the dust and now we're in the market for another one. Um, but those are those are issues that everybody deals with, you know, and and those are the types of things that come up and what make it, you know, an interesting life that we live here on this earth. So, um, but before that, a few weeks back, uh, my family and I moved, and uh, I decided to let you in on a little secret, which you may not, you may have known this if you've moved before, but this isn't really something I should tell you, especially considering I make my living in helping people buy and sell houses, but. Moving is the worst. It's the absolute worst. We just moved. Um, so, you know, what big deal? It doesn't really matter. Everybody does this. Everybody goes through new seasons of life, new beginnings. Those are cliches, though, because the truth is moving sucks. <laughs> it's the worst experience. I know that they say that the most stressful experiences uh, for a human being are a death of somebody that we love, a divorce, uh, and then... I would put moving right up there. <laughs> I know that sounds maybe a little irreverent, but it's true. Especially when your move is not your move. And what do I mean by that? I mean when it's ultimately somebody else's decision for you to move and the circumstances are beyond your control. Moving is always hard, but typically these, you know, the emotional pain, the psychological pain that you go through is dulled by the fact that you're getting to go somewhere new, that you're moving on in life to something bigger and better. Um, but this most recent move that we've had, it, it really had a profound effect on me. Maybe it's because it happened around the same time that I was going through this kind of life-changing uh, decision of how to to change the direction and focus of my business and, and the fact that this whole year really has been one of upheaval. Um, just different things that I've, you know, we've been going through both privately, professionally. Uh, but this move really has caused me to go back and look at my life and career. I mean, I keep seeing the faces of people as I sit here who had no choice but to move. 
maybe they're older folks and they can't maintain the home that they lived for in for decades. Maybe they've fallen on hard times. You know, we had that huge crisis a few years back, uh, the mortgage bubble bursting and tons of foreclosures upon foreclosures. You know, maybe people are forced to move because they can't financially afford to stay there. Whatever the case is, I'm sure that this hits home to a lot of people. Thankfully, you know, we were fortunate enough that no, neither of those things were the reason for our move. But I wanted to give you a little bit of a backstory. Maybe you can relate. Uh, you know, I talked about my business uh, history, I should say, um, and and my personal life. You've gotten a little bit to know uh, in the first few episodes. This I'm going to talk a little bit about. You know, my life as far as like our 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 financial decisions, our our career decisions. Uh, my wife and I got married in 2005, and we happily were renting a two-bedroom apartment, which was dirt cheap, uh, in Northeast Philadelphia, and uh, it was it was it was far away from from my wife's family, especially. So we decided to move. We wanted to kind of move to the middle between the in-laws uh, and, and be between our parents as much as we could. So we moved, and we were young and naive, and we didn't have any kids. So we decided to jump in headfirst into home ownership because that's the American dream. Everybody told us that throwing it was throwing your money away if you were renting. And and a lot of people still say that and you know I've been guilty of saying that to people more out of a selfish desire to help them buy something. <laughs> but uh, the thing is is that when if people are renting, if they're educated and they understand and they and it's best for them at that time to rent, more power to them. The problem with with the 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 American dream is that people will buy a house before they're really able to handle the responsibilities of home home ownership. But anyway, I digress. We moved into a very very small condo uh, back in December two thousand six. Uh, what we didn't know because we were young uneducated folks when it came to real estate uh, was that it was the height of the market back in December two thousand six. I mean, everything was so expensive. Uh, especially in the Philadelphia area, uh, but <laughs> we had an investment. Now we, we you know we settled on a house. We were so excited. Uh, we brought our firstborn, our first son, home from the hospital in February two thousand eight, and then comes the bursting of the bubble. The Great Recession happens. The housing market collapses, and the home values plummeted again, unbeknownst to us. The condo association where our condo was situated had some issues themselves. There was lawsuits against it. A couple different things were happening, which um, caused them to lose their FHA certification, which uh, I'll just give you a brief history lesson. FHA stands for Federal Housing Authority. It's a mortgage product that's backed by the government. There's the uh, red flag right there, uh, which allows first-time home buyers with little savings to buy a home with only 3.5% down. At the time of purchase, you know, the days of putting 20% down on a house are long gone. Um, this is very attractive, obviously, for people that don't have a lot of savings. Uh, and condos themselves are very attractive for first-time home buyers because it's a, it, you can get them for cheaper. <clears throat> and uh, they're also attractive for folks who are looking to downsize as they get older. That You know, as I mentioned earlier, people who have a large home, kids are up and out. You know the empty nesters; they they can't take care of a bit, you know, an acre of land and all this different stuff. So they'll move into condos. That'll usually be the step down. So it's kind of like a step up and a step down type of housing situation. 
Um, so this means – what does this mean? Uh, the, the, the condos, when they're purchased, are often either using this FHA loan, which is you know low cash down for young buyers. They don't have money savings. Or people have sold a larger home, and they're just buying these condos outright with the proceeds of the home sale. So that's a little bit of information for you. Uh, but the issue is, is when you have a cash purchase, oftentimes people are willing to sell their homes for a little bit less because they're getting cold, hard cash and it's not a mortgage. So, um, they just take it because the offer is so strong. People can just basically buy the condo outright. So it doesn't help when you're trying to boost the values of homes, especially when, uh, our condo association had these lawsuits against it when the FHA certification came up for renewal, which is a, it's a two-year process now in the in under the mortgage restrictions that have been placed since the mortgage bubble burst. And uh, one of the things that prevents FHA FHA certification is unresolved uh, lawsuits. So, needless to say, the FHA wasn't too happy that the condo association had these lawsuits outstanding. So they would not give our condo association FHA certification. So basically what we had was the only home sales or the condos that were being sold while we were there were anybody who could afford it with cash. Um, after the bubble burst, obviously, there's there was a lot of foreclosures. So people were just trying to get out from under these mortgages. So every purchase was for you know, 80%, 75% of the original home value was ridiculous. And the values were plummeting through the floor. So you have a young couple with, with new kids like ourselves, and we couldn't, we couldn't get anywhere near the value that we needed to get out from under our mortgage. Because like I said, we had financed 96 and a half percent of it. Uh, <clears throat> and we had ended up sorry, I keep hitting the microphone. I don't know if that's coming through on the recording, but um, we had ended up with this huge mortgage and a house that was not valued at the same level as the mortgage was. We were underwater, like so many people found themselves and still find themselves today. So back to the story. This is where, this is where we, we ended up, you know, this is what happened to us. Our home value fell more than 20%. Put that together with the fact that we had financed the 96 and a half percent. We were underwater. 2010 brought our second child home. And now my wife and two young boys and I are in this 748-square-foot condo. And we felt trapped because we couldn't sell it. We tried to, uh, but I don't even know if we got a showing because we had to try to hit – we had no money to lose. So we we, we were overpriced, obviously. Uh, we wasted our realtor's time. And uh, in 2012, we actually – someone told us, why don't you look at this HARP program? Because then maybe you can – refinance and at least get your monthly payments down so that renting it out is a viable option. So thankfully, we were able to do that. We were able to save about $200 a month uh, on our mortgage payment, which made it a little bit more feasible to actually rent it out. The trouble is, is that we're still not quite breaking even even on the rent. You know, we can't because of the market and, and the neighborhood, we can't charge enough rent to cover the condo fees and the mortgage. Um, we're close. And I, you know, we have a great tenant, so I'd rather have that situation and only be, you know, leaking a little bit of money than having a completely open space or losing tens of thousands of dollars trying to sell it. So we decided let's try to rent this thing out. The problem was is that we couldn't get a second mortgage to move into a new house because we were underwater on our first mortgage. 
So we had to rent it out, and then our option was to find a place to rent ourselves. But we realized that the rent cost to, from moving to two bedrooms to three bedrooms was crazy. The increase, I should say, was crazy. 50% in some cases. We were looking at you're going two bedroom is $1,000 a month, three bedroom $1,500 a month. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. But you can understand that a three bedroom is in high, much greater demand, and you're getting more house. But, uh, Miraculously, we found this cool abandoned farmhouse in Lansdale, which is the the town that we've lived in for a number of years. It was being rented for dirt cheap. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was less than our mortgage payment and condo fees put together. And we just we found this place and we fell in love with it. Sure, I mean, the roof leaked, the floors had holes. It was crazy inefficient on utilities. <laughs> we were getting a home though, and it, it was better than any home we could have been able to afford otherwise. So we jumped in. We loved it. We signed the lease. I mean, we found this place online and it seemed like it was an error. And and we jumped in with both feet, signed the lease before we even had a tenant, before we had a place. It was just so stupid. I mean, we'd make so many dumb decisions, but God was faithful. He brought us through. We just prayed, 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 prayed that he would find us a tenant. And he did, thankfully. Um, but I will say that being a landlord is one of the other worst things in the world. Maybe we'll do a podcast on that for any of you that own properties out there. You can commiserate with me. Uh, but it was almost worth it to have a backyard, uh, you know, an old fashioned country home, almost all to ourselves. I mean, it wasn't ours, obviously we were renting it, but we very, uh, very, uh, hands-off landlords and things. So that was, that was okay. And we knew that one of the reasons the home was so cheap was because the landlords were going to eventually develop the land and put new homes on the property. But that always seemed to be years away. I mean, we weren't even, it wasn't even a thought to us because it was always like they're never going to get approval. So that brings us to 2015, this year. We had heard rumblings. The township approval process was starting to to move up and it was start, things were starting to, obstacles were starting to uh, be overcome. And things were starting to happen, and 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 the the pace at which they would, the development was going to happen uh, was increasing. So, uh, you know, it started to kind of get us a little bit nervous because we had no plans of moving. I mean, we would have been happy to stay there for another five or ten years if that was what it took, uh, because we had made a home there; it was comfortable. Um, now. On, as a side, if you've gone to my website, jeffreydesiato.com, you can go there through the realpersonrealneeds.com website. Uh, you'll see that I have you know, a background in, in music and theater and things like that. And, and uh, I had been given the opportunity to audition for a professional theater company in Lancaster this year called Sight and Sound, uh, which I've, if I had been selected, it would have meant that we would have had to move closer to Lancaster by by the beginning of 2016. So this put my wife and I in a bit of a holding pattern. We didn't know what to do because if if I if we had to give 90 days notice, which was what was required in our lease, and this was back in July where we you know, we had this opportunity and we would have had to move by January, we needed to make a decision uh if we were going to move, you know, in August essentially. So and that was because we didn't want to go – if we were going to move, we didn't want to go through another winter where we lived because the pipes had frozen every year that we had lived there. I mean this is an old farmhouse that hadn't been taken care of. Uh, the oil heat was astronomical and we spent so much money that way. So it was like, well, if we're going to have to move anyway, 
because they're going to develop the land probably next year. And also, if I get this gig, this acting gig, um, maybe we should just make the decision to move. And it was hard to, to come to that decision, but we realized that in the long run, it was probably best for our family because we could have, we could move somewhere, even if it was downsizing temporarily, um, so that we could save money, but also so that we could avoid uh, living in the in the, the really drafty house for the next winter. So that's what we decided to do, and it was really, really, really a difficult decision, and it, it hit us a lot harder than we thought it would. So we began looking for our next home, and thankfully we found another great deal. But it wasn't in the town that we wanted to be in. It was in a neighboring town. We we weren't too familiar with it, and it was about half the size of the farmhouse, or it is, I should say, about the farmhouse that we lived in. I mean, obviously, this farmhouse was huge, and it was way more room than we needed. We had three bedrooms and three full bathrooms. We never used the third bathroom, uh, or the third bedroom for that matter. It was just like a library slash sewing room. Uh, my sons share a room because they like to. They're close in age. So we just had a lot of space that was really unnecessary. But trying to downsize into a you know a, a, a smaller house is difficult. But um, this new place is great. We love it. And uh, it's where we need to be right now. But the crazy thing is, is that this move, which we only lived in our farmhouse for three and a half years, is much harder than when we moved out of our condo, which was five and a half years of our lives and where we brought home our two children. So why is that? Why was this move so freaking hard? And as I thought about it and as I processed it, I think it's because the farmhouse was kind of the fulfillment of a dream that we thought we wouldn't be able to achieve, which was having a home. I mean, we had a condo that we own. We still do. But it's not a home as you imagine it. The American dream, as we've been led to believe, is is the ultimate achievement, you know. But we could entertain people there. We'd have family parties there without being cramped. It was awesome. You know, our, our kids could run around outside. Uh, they had a swing set out back, a t- you know, a, a tree swing. We had a porch swing that my wife and I would sit on. It was a great place to make memories as a family. I mean, I will always remember how beautiful the home looked when my wife would decorate it for fall and for the Christmas season. Uh, you know, as obviously we're, we're getting ready for that now. But, you know, I I miss the old, you know, the old brick fireplace that we had, even though it didn't work, but it just looked so awesome with the stockings there. And, you know, I'll really cherish the cups of coffee that my wife and I shared on the back porch when it was dusk. And, and you know, you could hear the the bugs in the field and you could hear the uh, and see the lightning bugs coming out and things like that. I, I'll always have fond memories uh, of writing and recording music with my brothers, you know, we would do that, and and we we wrote and recorded a full CD uh, out of that house and recorded it into the wee hours of the morning. It was it was a great time and one I'll never forget. I'll, I'll never forget watching my boys jumping into their play kiddie pool in the backyard, laughing uncontrollably, probably hurting themselves, but enjoying it nonetheless, and. I, I'll always laugh when I remember all of the ridiculous things that we put up with for three and a half years simply because we just loved the house so much. It would leak in the kitchen every time it rained a certain way. The animals would, or our cats would bring in dead animals through the basement somehow. So we, <laughs> there were multiple times where we would step on dead animals at night when we were going to the bathroom or whatever when the lights were off. Horrible things, but 
but what we were able to do in that house made it all worth it somehow. So we made a list of things that we wouldn't miss, and there were a ton. <laughs> but the things uh, we will miss are just too weighty to ignore. Did we want to move? No. Our hand was essentially forced, even though we made the decision. We knew it, our time was limited there. And for now, the wounds are are still fresh. They haven't quite healed over. And this is why I've been reevaluating my life and career. It was really brought on by this move, which is really interesting. I mean, this whole idea of, of taking real person, real needs to the next level, all of these things coincided at the same time. I was battling with, am I going to become this actor full time? You know, it's always been something I, I wanted to pursue and and even getting into real estate, the desire was to have a, a, a business where I determined my schedule and was able to make money for my family while pursuing the creative arts and different things like that. And I didn't anticipate an opportunity coming this soon, to be honest with you, and it did. So it, it really threw kind of a, a wrench in things as I was getting my business off the ground and stuff. Uh, but this this experience was traumatic. And I can't help but wonder what it must be like for others who are forced to move when it is not their decision. And when I thought about that, that's when I realized who I was going to target with my efforts in helping people through real person, real needs, DesiatoHomes.com, all of these things. I was not going to pursue people to try to get them to use me to help them buy or sell their house like like a realtor does. I was going to find people that needed help that were maybe going through a process of downsizing and losing something that they held so dear where memories had been made and dreams had been achieved and realized. And I, I, I was drawn to you know organizations like Habitat for Humanity who are providing homes for those who cannot provide them for themselves. And those people then get the opportunity to go and build homes for other people who were used to be in that same situation. Uh, you know, I also had a real heart for those in foster care. You know, these kids don't have a home to go to. And I'm thinking about this, you know, the foster child who finally settles in and thinks maybe this home is the one that's going to be the one I can call my own. And then they find out it's, you know, they're not wanted anymore or time is up and they need to bounce to another one. I mean, what about people like that? Here am I. Here I am, grieving and holding myself and comforting myself for the loss of a dream, essentially. And there are people here that don't have a place that they can call their own. What about the elderly couple? You know, I know so many people who go through the process. They spend decades raising their children and grandchildren, and then father time comes along, takes away their dream home, and replaces it with a small condo. I mean, ultimately, there are new adventures and things that they can achieve now that they don't have this huge house uh, to take care of. They're free and they can enjoy their, you know, their the golden years, as they say. But I can't imagine, you know, I've the longest I lived anywhere was the house I grew up in, and that was hard. When, but I was getting married, so it was totally fine. Uh, you know, I I lived at the condo, and that was hard. But we were going to a bigger house. And now this one, I only lived there for three and a half years, and it was very hard to uproot from there. I can't imagine living someplace 30, 40 years, having children and grandchildren being there, and then saying goodbye to that. It it kills me to think about it. And realtors and, and people like myself 
oftentimes we are only thinking about, hey, but you're moving on to the next thing. That's great. Hey, you're 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 selling and getting the most for your house and blah, 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 blah. It's all garbage because it's not the need being met. And and that's why I really was just like smacked in the face with reality about you know, what are the things that I can do to help people through the most traumatic, one of the most traumatic experiences of their life? I'm not just pointing out a house to somebody and saying, hey, that one's pretty nice. I'm not just saying, hey, I can get this for, get you this price for your house so that you can move on to the next one. This is a traumatic experience. Especially, what about people that fall on hard times and can only stand back and watch as the bank forecloses on their home? I'm sure anyone listening out there knows somebody who experienced that. It's it's so prevalent anymore, and you feel powerless because things didn't go your way. You you got involved in a business and it failed, or you you know an investment you lost thirty percent of your retirement fund, or, you know whatever it may have been, or you got approved for a mortgage that you couldn't have afforded in the first place, but because the bank told you you can get a $400,000 house, you said, yippee, let's go out and get that $400,000 house, even though you didn't need it. And then the bank comes and says, hey, you're not making your mortgage payments on that $400,000 house. And really, it's ultimately their fault for giving you that mortgage that you never should have had in the first place. That's a hard thing to be faced with. So with everything positive that comes with moving, you know, oftentimes we we experience new memories. We create new environments for ourselves. We we do expand and we make our our living, and we we get to a point where we can have people over into our houses. And that's one thing I'm really passionate about and hope to be able to do again is inviting people in. And that's what Desi Auto Homes is all about. It's restoring and creating relationship with people and community with people. But I never want to forget just how emotionally and physically draining moving can be. In every interaction that I have with people who are in the middle of that process, especially for the people who have no other choice. You know, it's one thing to talk to people and they're like going from apartment to first house. That's a big deal, you know, and that's that's the achievement of of, of a life plan or a or a direction in their life, and that's totally fine. But more often than not, people are retiring or they're doing one thing or another, or they're in fi- you know dire straits financially, and they need to get out of this house. Those are the people I want to remember, so that I never take for granted just how draining and emotionally uh, harmful it can be when a moving experience does not go well and is not your choice. So that's why I want to challenge everyone listening. To look out for others who maybe don't have the home they always dreamed of having. You know, we are oftentimes we're pursuing our own best interests and we're forgetting about the best interests of those neighbors and and friends and family and strangers. You know, we're about, I want to get this for myself and I want to get the best deal for me. But what if the best deal for you is helping someone else get their best deal and have their best interests met? I mean, I truly believe that we all can do our part to ensure that people have a safe place where new memories can be made, a true place that they can call home. And this holiday season, as it comes up, think about those people that don't have a home to go to. I know my church and I are doing, uh, or myself and my family, along with our church, are having a Christmas Day meal. We're giving up, you know, 10 to 2 on Christmas Day to feed those that don't have a place to go. Maybe that's something you guys could do. I mean, I'm not on a grand scale, but 
Think of the people in your community or in your church or in your extended family that don't really, you know, they're not the desirable per- desirable person to have at Christmas time. Maybe they're going through a transition or a move that's very difficult and you can lend a helping hand to that. I encourage you to do that. That's what Desiato Homes and the Real Person Real Needs podcast is all about. It's about creating and restoring homes one relationship at a time. If there's a broken situation, if you have a relationship that's severed and this holiday season is coming around and you're dreading it because you're afraid that those emotions are going to get the best of you and you're not going to be able to enjoy the Christmas season, well, go and make that relationship right. Even if you are the one who is wronged, offer forgiveness. Make that extension. Don't say, you know, what what so many people say, I'll forgive them if they apologize. Make the... The olive, you know, give the olive branch to them, offer it to them and say, you know, I know you wronged me, whether you think you did or not, but I just want to let you know that I forgive you and I can't bear to have this division in our life anymore. So when we think about moving and we think about the trauma that comes from big life events, life decisions, let's never forget those that are going through it on a regular basis. You know, we experience it every three to five years, 10 years, and we freak out. But there are people that bounce around and have different experiences every six months, every three months. So let's think about those people this Christmas season. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Real Person, Real Needs podcast. I encourage you to check us out on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a rating and a review. That helps us to get up the charts on the iTunes podcast categories and things like that. You can go to realpersonrealneeds.com to find out more uh, about what's going on. You can go to desiatohomes.com to find out about my business. And I just encourage you to, to pursue meeting real needs by being a true, real, authentic person. So with that, I'm out. Stay tuned for the next episode. Bye.